What's up, sister friend? Welcome back to the Fuel Her podcast where we are all about feeling your mind, feeling your heart, feeling your body so you can free your soul. And in this week's episode, I actually was able to do an interview for the Unapologetically Her podcast two weeks ago, and I thought the content was just really good, so I'm going to post it here for you guys to listen to as well. So they're actually interviewing me, but we just get into some really good conversation about hustling as a mom and what self-improvement looks like as a mom and just really good topics. So I really wanted you guys to hear it as well. I hope you guys get something out of it and are as obsessed with this conversation as we were. And if you guys do not know Kyla and Chelsea, give them a follow over on Instagram. Go check out their podcast and go see what they're up to because they are a woman on a mission, freaking amazing women. So I was super happy to be on their show and be their first guest. So let's dive in, guys. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh yes. So today we're here to talk about hustle culture. Maybe you guys can vibe with it. Maybe you can't, but please hear us out. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you're working, you're always behind or you have that fear of falling behind. You've seen all these people on social media say you got to hustle girl, myself included. I've been there and don't get me wrong. You do need to work hard for your goals, but this whole work till you burn out has to end. With that being said, today we have our first guest on the podcast. Not only is she my best friend of 10 years, but she is a fellow podcaster and a mompreneur. Her show, Fuel Her, has been consistently ranked in the top 150, y'all and self-improvement in the U.S. What? Her mission behind the podcast and her business is to empower the women out there who can feel deep in their soul that there's more out there for them to hustle and grow the God way. So everyone, please give it cheers to my girl, Ashley. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, you guys? What's up, sisters? I'm freaking pumped to talk to you guys today because I think we're about to just hit up some energy with, you know, a little bit of Jesus in there. So it's going to be super fun. Super excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to talk. We're about to blow some minds. Yeah. Blow some minds. We're really excited to have you here. Um, And since you are a guest, tell our listeners, who is Ashley? Yes. uh, Exciting. Stories are always super fun. I always know, I always say that that your mess is in your message, right? (laughs) Your mess is your message. Um, So I am pretty normal, pretty normal girl. I have the title of the Jesus friend to a lot of my friends. However, I was a later in life Christian, actually. Um, I didn't come to know Christ at all until I was 22 years old. I was raised more in a, um, more in a toxic environment. I had alcoholism in multiple generations on both sides of my families. And just my parents were very loving and they provided the best life that they could for me with what they had. Uh, but there was a lot of toxicity there. There was a lot of dysfunction there. And it, there was, but there was a lot of love and a lot of learning. But I grew up in sports. As soon as my parents could throw me into sports, 
I was in there. So I started in gymnastics, you know, like the tumbling, you know, as soon as you can get in there, like three or four years old. And funny story, as soon as I could play softball, like my dad's like, oh, we're doing softball, you know, and get in there, my recital, my dance recital and my softball championship. And I was, of course, the pitcher, you know, my dad's the coach (laughs) and the recital and the tournament, like the, the championship game was on the same day. And I missed my championship softball game because my mom made me go to the dance recital. So I never went back to tumbling. I hated cheerleading. I hated all this stuff. (laughs) I hated everything about it ever since because of that. Um, but anyway, I went on actually to play softball for 16 years. Um, but I actually ended up playing college volleyball and other term events. But again, for like lifelong athlete, um, I go on to play co- or go on to play college, doing the college thing, you know, the society norm normal thing, and trauma hits again. And I was actually sexually assaulted my freshman year of college. Um, bringing me home and like just completely deterring my entire life plan. I completely lost my identity. You know, like I, one had played sports my entire life and I just, I never, I didn't even know my last game was my last game, but also I'm dealing with depression and I had never dealt with that before. Um, Even though I had come up like with, you know, like toxic parents, I still had a lot of support around me with teams and, you know, other people and all the things. So I had never dealt with depression before. Um, so I just really got thrown into that really deep pit, you know, and I just didn't have any support. I didn't know God. I didn't know any supportive friends. I just really got thrown into the party life, drinking, alcohol. Um, I never fell into drugs, which I'm, I'm grateful for, but eventually I found my way to God and to just also myself. And then I became a mom, um, like, you know, a couple about five years after all of this craziness, I met my husband at, at a young age. We got married at a young age and he didn't finish school either. He went right into his career. Um, we both were like really hard workers. And although we both could have went to college, we both could have went back to college and did that route. We just really wanted to start our lives right then and there. And that's just what we decided to do. So I actually went into corporate America. Well, I went serving and did the serving thing first. So that's an important part. I did serving for a long time. I did bartending, which I really think that's kind of where first form, like the athlete part is where the entrepreneurship starts. And then going into serving for so long is where entrepreneurship and me really grew. And, um, but I went into corporate because I thought that was like what I had to do. You know, I'm like, I have a baby, you know, we're gonna have a family. I got to go to corporate. I hated it. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. It was soul sucking to me. Like I could not even, I hate, I called my husband almost every other day. I cannot believe I have to make this drive, do the same thing. Like it was terrible (laughs) to me. Some people are like, they thrive in it. They love it. I don't, I love them the same. I just don't understand him. So after my daughter got here, um, we decided that was best for our family to, for me to stay home. Then I quickly realized that staying home wasn't really for me either. I really like to work. <laughs> I, I like to do, I like to have my own thing. I, I like to use my brain. I'm a creative person. I like to write. I like to help people, you know, but I knew corporate wasn't for me, but also I knew like healthcare wasn't for me either. My mom was a nurse for my entire life and she ran a trauma, like number one trauma unit in Indiana for my entire life. So just watching how stressed out she was watching how much she martyred herself for that job. And then for her family. And she never found self-love self-care self, anything. And that projected onto how she parented me and how she parented her kids. So I just never wanted that life for me either. And I was like, you know what, there's gotta be a way. I just felt like there was had to be a way to figure out how to make money and how to be myself because 
it got to a point, honestly, with the trauma and like the, you know, the deep feelings I was feeling and the deep valleys I was going through, like money wasn't important to me. Like I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to live my life and, and feel it and love it. And just like money I know will come later. And I, like, I just am someone that has always chosen struggle and happiness over money and slavery. So that's really where I, how I got to be here. Just the last four years I have spent building um, a platform and a brand and a clientele on health and fitness and coaching clients. I've been evolving for the past like six months with, you know, just um, more so on the entrepreneurship side of things. I started my own podcast, which is amazing and a super fun journey. I've been collabing with a bunch of people like amazing people like you guys. Um, and there's some really, really fun things in the works as far as small business launches goes. And I'm just really excited about it. So that's the story. It's kind of long winded. I wanted to give everyone, you know, like a full array version, but that is where we're at. And I'm excited to go through that journey with you guys. That's awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on here and um, really excited to get into this topic. I think that in a sense, it goes along with a lot of the nature of the topics that we have already covered on this podcast, but I think that you're going to bring a different, I don't, I feel like viewpoint is too strong, but a different element to this topic. So if you're ready, we'll just jump right in. Yes, I definitely think it's like a perspective. It's a different perspective. That's there it is. what I call yep. it. There it is. There we go. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like, okay, you guys think of it this way. And like, let's just, it's not a bad way. Like, let's just zoom out just a little bit and then look at it from this, like, just for a second, have an open mind to look at it from this way. Yeah. And that's something that I love. I, my degree is in psych, um, in psychology. So that's something that I love to do and something that I, like to think I'm really good at just to be able to remove myself from a situation or remove my personal feelings from something and truly look at both sides of things. Um, that has to come from your psych degree. One of my favorite, when I have tried in and out of college, like my favorite classes are anthropology and sociology. Mm -hmm. I never, never like psych though, because like, that was just too much. Like, you know, too oh, much. Yeah. it makes you really <laughs> too much. Like I liked the, the anthropology and the sociology, I was down with that. But, but I, I will say like the, the ability and those kind of things, like to, to look at it from the objective point of view instead of the subjective point of view, which I think a lot of people, if they don't have like any type of background in that, it, I think it's a little bit harder, but we're going to go to the basics right now of like how we can open that perspective and look at it from that kind of point of view. Exactly. All right. So first question, when did you first realize the toxic nature of today's hustle culture? That's a good question. Um, I actually felt it in my body before I realized it. I actually crashed and burned before I realized it, like actually had the subcon or had the conscious realization of it. Um, but there were, there are a lot of layers here that I want to like unpack a little bit. The, in the beginning, when I was really like grinding in the, in the hustle culture kind of thing, I had absolutely no boundaries. At mm -hmm. all. I didn't even yeah. know what boundaries were. Yep. Um, I worked constantly because I loved it, you know, and, and at first my husband and I are like at, at a good point, we understand each other because he's like, she's been in a bad place for a while. She's doing something she loves. Here's a lot of grace. 
And then all of a sudden things just kind of go started going downhill because there was no, he was giving a lot and I was taking it, but there was no give on my part. Yeah. And, um, I had to create some boundaries. So that was the first, that took a while, you know, like, cause you're, you're starting this new thing, you're doing this thing. And then you realize that you're not doing it correctly. And that it actually causes a lot more harm than good, even though there was a lot of good there. But then even when I had created a better work to home life ratio, I don't like to call it balance because let's be honest, balance does not exist in this life that we Ooh, have. Say that again and say <laughs> it louder. <laughs> So yeah, no, I like when I got this better home to or work to home life ratio, not balance. Um, I was still exhausting myself for these goals and these deadlines. And then because I was, I still had such, I had still had such a long way to go in personal development. I know a lot of people maybe, or some people can start at a better place than I was at, but I mean, I had a long way to go in personal development. So I just had all of those things piling on and I buried myself in negative self-talk, self-destructive habits, self-sabotaging left and right. I was closing the doors that God was opening for me left and right. And, but it was mostly my self-talk though. And my self-talk was instant. Like as soon as I would wake up before my eyes even opened, I was ridiculing myself already about something. And, but it was to answer the question directly now, finally, it was actually not until late 2019, early 2020, until I finally came to consciously realize what I was doing was not right. I wasn't hustling the right way. I wasn't doing the right way. I wasn't doing the right things. And I needed to make a change. It wasn't like I wanted to make a change. I needed to make a change, but God whispered to me in that, in that season, in that moment, in that realization at 3am. Thank you, Jesus, for that. (laughs) um there is a way you can do this it's just not this way right so that's yeah it was in early 2020 when I heard that like whisper but it was like late 2019 where I had started to get that conscious feeling of like okay something something's got to change here right like something's got to give yeah yeah I feel that I really do so going off like what Chelsea said you were would you say that you were experiencing a little bit of burnout because of the hustle culture? Um, absolutely. I mean, every day though, you know, like it wasn't even like, Oh, I'm burned out by Friday. I was burned out by 3 PM on Monday. And then again on 4 PM on Tuesday, you know, maybe I'd have a good day and I could work till nine, but even if that was a thing, I probably slept in until nine the next morning. Cause I was so exhausted and it wasn't even like mentally, I really wanted to be there. That's where that self-talk came in. Cause I was mentally wanting to be and do and show up. But my body was physically saying like, something is not right. Like I'm not moving. Yeah. I honestly, I feel that because that was me towards the end of last year. I was to the point, like my body was so used to doing the things that by like noon on certain days, I was tapped out, like completely tapped out. So on top of that, what tips would you give the girl out there that's listening to this right now, whether she's in corporate or she has a side hustle going on that she's feeling that burnout, what tips would you give her to kind of slow down and to hustle healthier? Okay. Buckle up. Cause I just have a couple. You are not a failure if you can't make the morning routine and getting all of these things done by 8 a.m. a thing, okay? Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, yes. Gosh, I love that. Oh my gosh, like that, 
is something that all of our listeners need to hear. Seriously, our culture, entrepreneurship culture, and especially network marketing culture. Entrepreneurship culture is the same way, but network marketing culture is even worse. They're like, oh, if you don't get up before 5 a.m. and do your entire 10-step morning routine, you are failing at life. No, you're not a failure. You're not a failure if you can't make the morning routine work for you. If you work better at 10 a.m., that is when you should be able to work. Here's the thing, though. If you're a mom who has a full-time job, you can't work your side hustle when you're best working. So there are some sacrifices that you have to consciously be aware of and to make. But if you're not a morning person, then stay up at night and work your business. Cut out that Netflix, you know, do some, make some other changes. It's just, you have to be aware of those kind of things, but just realize that number one, you're not a failure. Honestly, you're not a failure unless you quit. Failure is nothing but data. Failure is a stepping stone to your next gen, your next destination. That's it. Yep. So that's number one. That's just tip number one to kind of take notes and to read every week and just say like, I'm not a failure. I am not a failure. Honestly, I don't, I, you know what? Throw that out. Just X that. I want you to say, I am a conqueror. I'm a royal priestess. I am chosen. I am supposed to be here. The, the positive things, but we're throwing failure out because all it is is data. We are analyzing it and we're moving on. Okay. Number two is slow down enough to figure out what's triggering you. A lot of the things that are like externally happening to you, you're the ones being, you're the one that's actually being triggered. So let's take ownership of that and figure out what that emotion is. And that means slowing down enough to be present with your emotions, present with your breath and your thoughts. And this will be different for everyone because not everyone's in the same place. Some people will be able to, to, to do this a lot faster, but it might take you to, you know, completely slow down not answer a lot of things, not show up for a lot of things other than yourself. It's all fine. As long as you're showing up to do the inner work, if you're just self-sabotaging and uh, avoiding, that's not, we're not, that's not what I'm talking about. We have to still be showing up to do the inner work. Uh, number three is flip your person. We talked about this, flip your perspectives and take some pressure, take all the pressure off you. And literally, I'm going to get a little Christian on you, literally lay it down at the cross, lay it down at the feet. And I'm talking about right now, as you're listening to this, say out loud in your car, in the shower or in your head, if you're at work, Jesus, I am laying this specific thing, be specific at your feet, please, for the love of God, take it because I can't have it anymore. And just watch, just give it an hour. Just give it 30 seconds. Like it will, you will feel a peace come upon you just from saying those words, but just have that perspective switch. And remember that goals are just earthly things. All, all goals are great. And being ambitious is great. We attach feelings to these goals though. We attach these huge, humongous feelings to these goals. And like I said, they're great and they're awesome. And you should purely pursue them because the ambition for the kingdom of God is an amazing beautiful thing that he will do even more than you can imagine or ask for. That's a promise. But if you don't have compassion for yourself and others and love for yourself and others, it does not matter what goals you hit, what rank you hit, what degree you achieve, you will still be missing something in your life. Dang. Guys, I wish you could see like Chelsea and I's heads. We're just over here like 
Arquez just nodding back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Not like, me. Not me literally scribbling notes as she's talking. I've been doing the same thing. Like, oh, crap. That was good. You guys are funny. I love it, though, because it is a thing. Like, that is, it's the perspective. It's just, a, it's just, you're taking a step back and like, oh, my gosh, haven't thought of it that way before. And I can't wait to go my next day and, like, think of it that way instead of the negative self-talk because I promise it's not serving you. It's not even true. It's a lie. Yeah. And on the note taking side of it, while you were talking, I think that for, there's two points I want to make. The first one being the very first thing that you said is that I think it's important for my followers specifically to understand that you don't have to get everything done before 8 a.m. I am the crazy person that sets my alarm for 445. I get up, I walk my dogs, I make a cup of coffee, I sit down, I read a book. I will, if on days that I'm working out in the morning, I will not drink a cup of coffee and I will drink some pre-workout and I will go work out. And then by, you know, 630, 645, I'm in the shower, I'm getting ready before I get my kids up. And I will live an entire day and accomplish so much before 8 a.m. But that is because after about 7 p.m., I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm useless. I, I'm not working anymore. I'm not doing it. My, my brain taps out and I cannot work late. I'm typically in bed, if not asleep, by 9, 9.30. So I get everything done first thing in the morning because that is when I work best. Exactly. Say that though. I mean, it's just the, exactly when you you, you're, it's the thing of one, I don't want anyone to, you know, when we share our lives on social, we're like, you know, you don't have to do what we're doing. We're just showing you what works for us and maybe it'll work for you, but if it doesn't, Hey, let's figure out what does work for you. Exactly. Exactly. And then the second point was actually to your tip number three. And that is that on social and in today's culture, it's always, I will be happy when When. I will be insert whatever emotion when I accomplish whatever thing. And that's not the case. Like if you're, if you're not happy in the process, you're not going to be happy in the end. No. Yeah. So a lot of people now are actually calling it comparison. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, the sin is actually covenant, covenant. They're actually coveting. So they're praying away comparison. And while that might actually, that they might, that actually, God might actually be answering that prayer. What they're actually doing is coveting. They're looking at Instagram. They're saying, Oh, I want her kitchen. Oh, I want her body. That's not comparison. It, it, you know, you are comparing technically, but that's like the new world term. The Bible mm-hmm. term, the sin is coveting. And that, you know, so you just have to realize like that is something you're doing and you just have to stop yourself and say like, okay. Why do I want that? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a bad thing that you want that, but let's, let's assess it. Is it triggering you? Is it triggering mm-hmm. a negative emotion or is it triggering a positive emotion? Should that be a goal and a dream that you want like and work towards, or that, is that just something like a, a trigger that you need to work through yourself? Because that, that comparison and that coveting thing is that's a, your heart issue. That's not a, their heart issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and to go off what Chelsea said too, um, that, like guys, listen, like Chelsea's in that season of life right now where she can get up by 445 and get all of her things done. That used to be my season of life. And then boom, I got pregnant. Exhaustion has hit me hardcore with this pregnancy. I don't know if it's because 
uh, I'm chasing a toddler around and trying to do all the things, but I can't get up by 4 45, five o'clock anymore. My alarm goes off at six. I'm usually up around six, six 30. That's my season of life. And if that's a season of life that you're into, that's okay. Which also what Ashley just said, it's the comparison game. Oh, well, Kyla and Chelsea got up at this time. Okay. But that that's, that's okay. Because that's, what's working for us right now. If for you, if getting your stuff done later in the day helps you, then that's what works for you. And, and let's be honest, I do, I do all of that first thing in the morning so that when I, by seven o'clock, when I get at my kid, my get my kids up and I am stressed the heck out trying to get them to do anything that they need to do before they go to school, I'm not losing my shit. I'm able to be patient with them and to take a step back and relax. And it's not the end of the world and calmly parent. Because if I get up at 645 or I get up at seven and I have to then immediately do all the things, forget it. I, I will be in the worst mood possible (laughs) because I didn't get time. I didn't get time to breathe. I just threw myself into parenting and that's rough. Yeah, it, it is. It's that there is definitely a big difference between even, I mean, any, any parenting level, there's just like a big difference in what your capacity is. Mm -hmm. And it also, your capacity as a parent also solely depends on the amount you're pouring into yourself. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, please say that louder. That's it. That's (laughs) that's a conversation people aren't ready for. No, they're not. I mean, literally, no, it's, I think our literal, I think our parents' generation, like, just I don't even know how they lived like I just don't I can't barely wrap my mind around they lived 40 50 years of their lives just chilling like coasting they they had all like they had these resources now they don't have as many as they had today but it, it bothers the heck out of me that they did nothing to learn about the work to, you know, the inner work and to the, there's the things It just bothers the heck out of me. and people yeah. that are now today that are just still the same way it's like, look, I love you. I get it. Like you're, you were raised that way, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, at some point you have to take ownership of your life. Yes. You yes. were raised that yes. way. I'll give you that, but it, yeah. you, you, you are can making change. a choice to stay that exactly. way. Exactly. You can choose pain. You, everyone's going to feel pain, but you're choosing suffering. It bothers me. I think that like, man, that's good. <laughs> that's like totally just lost my train of thought. Good. <laughs> It wasn't me. It was an author. It was a book. <laughs> Let me quote it so you can put it in your notes. <laughs> but that is true. Though. Was it a book? I think it, whatever. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm going to look it up. But um, you people do. You, you you feel the pain. That's cool. Feel it. Take take five minutes. Take a, take a couple minutes. Why does your pain take take a year? Why does your, ta- why does your pain take <sighs> weeks? Yeah. Yes. You're choosing yes. the yes. suffering. Yeah. You're choosing to suffer. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Take five minutes. I want to get into question three, because it really actually goes in well with what you said about um, how people set goals and they hit the goals and they, they never feel like the accomplishment. So for the person out there who, whose love language is words of affirmation, that's myself included. And they're maybe, maybe hustling the way that they are because of the recognition how would you steer them in the right direction to hustle better 
and to know that their worth isn't completely in the recognition that they're getting. Yes. I love this question because I love you so much. And I know I'm about to check your little booty. Number one, I got three things. Number one, check out who you are surrounding yourself with the most and what your soul is engaging with and soaking in. So that means family and friends included. If they held that they hold a best friend title for 20 years, yet they do nothing but bring you down. It's time to take, take a inventory about who you're spending your time with, because there's a famous saying that if you spend the most, if you have 5 millionaire friends, you're going to be the sixth millionaire. If you have five junkie friends, you're going to be the sixth junkie. Mm-hmm. So like number one, check who you're surrounding yourself with, because that's, that's who you're hearing on blast. Like that's who you're telling your thoughts to. And that's who is giving back to you. So you're inputting into them and they're inputting into you, but also that includes social media. Check how much you're scrolling, check how much you're giving, how much power you're giving to news and social media and all those things. And I know that's a pretty common number one, but it is actually the most important number two. This is an actual tough love moment, which I've actually steered away from those since I've like liked Christ, you know, like he's like softened my heart a little bit. I used to describe myself as like my, my soul was as like as dark as my like coffee that I liked, you know, completely black, <laughs> but instruct these women to do some serious work here, whether that may be child wounds or just spiritual loving, spiritual level, like knowing who the F they are. Okay. What attachment style do you have? Is it codependent? Is it anxious? Is there an issue there? What traumas have you been through? What traumas have you seen your mom and dad go through? What triggers do you have? Like that's what triggers do you have? What, what triggers you the most when you don't receive that recognition? Like, what is that feeling? And why, like, what is that emotion? What is that memory that is bringing the most up? That was so good. Like, I know that's just tip number two, but guys, yeah, like, no. whenever you actually sit back and think like, why are you feeling this way? Things are going to come up that you don't want, that you've been hiding deep, 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 deep down. And they're going to come up and you're not going to like it, but you've got to work through those. Take it yeah, from I me. Mean, yeah. It's like trigger wise. Like, um, so my parents would get into these really big fights, you know, when I was a kid. And so I'd shut down when Ryan and I, like when Ryan raised his voice to a certain level and it's not that he, like that we should ever excuse that, but it's just, obviously we've had alcohol things, blah, blah, blah. It's not always been a bad thing. He's steered me from danger at time from time. Like I've walked out in front of cars intoxicated and he's like, Ashley, you know, but I like (laughs) shut down and like really freak out when he like raises his voice to a certain level. And I get really triggered by that. I have a very, or I've had to work through a very codependent style attachment style. And that affects all of my relationships, not just the one with my husband, but the one with my clients, the one I'm trying to build, like the women I'm trying to, to build a relationship with. So you just have to check yourself a little bit and just do that inner work and say like, number one, again, I'm going into tip three here. Remind yourself who the F you are though. Like that is number one. That is the foundational piece. Be rooted in God in the word. Be 
like at like words of affirm, especially as if your thing is words of affirmation, be rooted in the word and remind yourself daily who the F you are and be rooted in yourself. Rahab in the Bible. Okay. She was a prostitute guys. Okay. She was a prostitute and she saved Israel, like the entire country. And she is actually counted in Jesus's bloodline. If you read the Bible, you are going to see, and she's not, there's only three or four women that are accounted for Jesus's bloodline. She's one of them. But if you ask freaking Chad from Wall Street back in the day, Rahab was a prostitute. That's all she was to them. What do you think? Her story is so good too. What do you, what do you think her worthiness felt like though? What do you think like her, what would you think? She was worthless to everyone else. So you have to be rooted in who you are, be rooted in the word, but then also those people in your corner though, you guys, family included, like friends included, they are so important. What you're feel, what you're putting it, what you're inputting and what you're outputting is just absolutely so important to the people that, especially to the people that are words of affirmation and recognition, love language. You have to be extra aware of that. Hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that love languages are incredibly important in all relationships. Um, but as you guys saw <laughs> on the video, um, your example being a marriage example and attachment styles and that sort of thing, there are two, technically three books that absolutely changed that were introduced to Christian and I, when we went through, um, about a year of marriage counseling and it was very intense, um, marriage counseling, but there were two books that touch on that. And I swear by these books because it, it truly goes deep into attachment styles. Um, but learning yours and learning, other people's. You definitely yeah. need to know if, if you're in a marriage relationship, you definitely have to know both sides. The, the one is called how to argue. So your spouse will listen. Um, and we can link that in the, the show notes. Show notes. Uh, that one goes really deep into the attachment styles and explaining why you do and react and say, and think all the things that you do in situations And then, um, the other is actually has one for the women and one or one for the female, one for a male. Um, and it's called for better or for best is the may, uh, the book for females. And then the, if only he knew is the book for males and it goes into all of that and it touches on that. And like I said, those were huge in learning the points that you were just making. I love that. So you guys did marriage counseling. How long did you guys do marriage counseling for? Um, about a year. That's awesome. I mean, well, I, I'm assuming it wasn't, I was, I'm assuming <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was not awesome. <laughs> as someone who's like, I'm a, I admire that. Like, I think that's awesome because that's, that's not an easy task to do. It's not something to want to do. It's not something to want to talk about. I just, I, it's, when I say that's awesome, it's from admiration. I adore that. That's something that you guys have done. And as someone who has seen your marriage in person, like I, I definitely think it paid off. Oh, it, it, has. It, it definitely did. Um, we went through a really difficult transitional phase in life when um, Christian was discharged from the military. And I've talked to Kyla a little bit about doing an episode on this eventually, because now almost two years later, I'm pretty open about 
what we went through, how we got there, how we got through it, how we're still together today. Um, but it was, we were in marriage counseling for about a year. Um, we went through, it was our second marriage counselor that we actually stuck with and felt like was a good fit for us. Um, and we see, we started in late, no, or, uh, yeah, sometime in 2018. So it was about year six of our marriage. Um, and like I said, we did about a year and it did eventually pay off. It was a very difficult year. There were times where he was showing up and going through the motions. And there were times where I was showing up and going through the motions as well. Um, but yes, in the end, it did work out for us. And I do ultimately want to do a podcast about that eventually. It will happen. Yep. It'll um, happen. But that's I, one that's going to take some, some time. Yep. I just want to give you some encouragement because I know how hard it is to be in that season. And then also to come around and talk about it because a lot of people, you fear a lot of people's opinion about, oh, you, well, you should have left Yeah. or, oh, well, y'all shouldn't be together. And I just, I just want you to know there's a lot of encouragement there and people need to hear your story probably more often than not because, or well, way more often than not, because a lot of people are actually living through it and just dealing with it instead of healing from it. And that's, that's, I think where the purpose is and sharing that hurt. We don't want to open ourselves up to these hurt. Like we didn't want these things to happen, but like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like here we are, this is our story and our mess is our message. And now we have yeah. to share this hurtful part of us. So and I, I do, I, I, there is a part of me that regrets not sharing because I did hide it. I didn't say anything. There were very few, I don't know outside of fam. Well, I can't even say family because there's a lot of people who would consider themselves family, um, that didn't know. And I mean, we had, our closest family members and our closest friends were very aware, but there was nothing shared outside of that. And I do think that there is a big message to be shared there. It's just a matter of figuring out how to do it because, and I touched on this last week, it's not entirely my story to tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. That is because you thing. don't want to share. Yeah. Well, especially if you're still together you know, you don't want to, yeah, that's very respectful and honorable of you. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Chelsea, do you have any more questions for Ashley? I do. I have, um, first one fairly simple, possibly, um, what healthy habit have you implemented that has made the biggest impact? Okay. So everyone's going to roll their eyes, you know, that TikTok or the, the Instagram reel that like, they're like, okay, for successful people, successful people need to, but, and everyone's like, huh, like, oh, yeah. Away. <laughs> um, no, I totally, I know, but honestly, scripture reading, making it scripture, like making actual scripture reading, not a devotional, like legitimate, just scripture reading. It doesn't have to be an entire chapter. It, it could just be a couple of verses. Uh, but because the Holy spirit is in you. Okay. If you are saved, even if you're not saved and you're reading scripture, he's in you. just want you guys to know that, but, um, you are reading a living word. You aren't reading the Bible. The Bible's reading you. Okay. Ooh. The, the Bible is reading you when you read it. Cause it is a living word. And 
So when I surrender my pride, when I read it with the perspective, that word keeps popping up, of what it says is true, no matter how it makes me feel. And I get curious about that truth. I grow. I know I am loved. I know I am worthy. I know how strong I am. I know how much authority I have on this earth. No one can stop me from just practice. But also like second gratitude, making that a practice in your daily life. Yep. What you focus on grows. So if you're focused on negative things, then you're going to be the negative things to be growing. If you're focused on the things that you're grateful for, you're actually training your brain to find more positive things to be grateful for. So just Mm -hmm. making that a habit, even if it sucks at first, like every other habit does when you're cultivating it, like just do it and then it will become natural, but also you will train your brain to actually search out positive things instead of Mm -hmm. negative things. Last thing is self-compassion. That was the that was a big anchor for me because like I said, I've, t- I've struggled with negative self-talk. So really giving myself grace and saying, whenever I mess up, I love you. Okay. Like, I love you. You're awesome. Just having that self-compassion and just adding all of those together, honestly, just changes the entire game for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, it's not even, so you actually didn't have to reach out to anyone. You don't have to scroll social media. We're not opening our phones. Like I just yeah. gave you all things, all things you can do just yep. in your mind. And then those are things for sure. Okay. Part two of that, because this question definitely plays into that. It's just a little bit deeper, a little bit different. Um, so when we instill a healthy habit, let's take exercise, for example, naturally we expect to see physical results. Where's an area that you've seen improvements from a healthy habit that you've implemented that wasn't expected? So like it, it doesn't even have to be exercise, but like, say that you, you know, you implemented 30 minutes of exercise a day and you see improvements in, I feel like, um, physical results, um, mental health, those sort of things, energy levels, those sort of things are going to be expected. What's something that wasn't expected? Oh, I like this question. Um, so I, like I said, just a second ago, I have this mantra to stop. Like it's, it's stopping all of these spirals of even one single negative thought. And I'm training my brain to make every thought just like obedient to what's true and what's love and what's good. And I know that sounds a little out there, but like in layman's terms, I'm just capturing these negative, untrue thoughts that are not serving me, not serving my future, not serving my goals, not serving my health in any way, shape or form and repeating a certain mantra to switch my thought process to things that are good and true and praiseworthy and lovable and all the things. But I just want to go deeper on that and just kind of connect it to what you're saying about exercise is that our gut health and our mental health are so much more connected than what anyone ever thinks. And if you are, you know, just not exercising, you're, you're feeling, you're, you're putting, you're putting all these things in your body all the time that are not good for you. Your mental health will absolutely struggle. You can think all the positive thoughts you want. You can read all the scripture you want, but your, your gut is making these hormones 
And if you're not fueling your gut with the good things, you're not going to have the mental health that you want. So even though I have this mantra, like, let's talk about that. It's great. Like the person can steal it. I literally, am just, you know, I literally say, God's got this, Ashley. I love you. You know, God's love, God loves you. I just take that thought captive and like, it took me a while to get even to that point. But like I said, even if that person has that mantra, the same one, and they don't have other processes like diet and exercise or like just understanding gut health and, and what that, how that connects to your mental health, it, it won't matter. It, it all does. It all is a vicious cycle and it all does play a part. And it's also true because I can even attest for that. If I eat like, I don't, if I eat like crap, so if I eat processed food, if I eat a lot of sugar the next day, not only do I feel completely exhausted, but the way that I talk to myself is not okay. Cause you don't have the hormones. It's yeah. so you actually, so I did a lot of research on this just because in the, um, my podcast group that I have, we are doing a health workshop, not for like workouts or meal plans, but to just understand the basics of health and stuff like that. And we, your gut actually has as many nerve cells as a dog or cat's brain. Like it has the full size of a brain. It's actually called your second brain. So when we say like gut instinct or we have butterflies, like that is legitimately a thing Mm -hmm. like nerve, nerve endings, but they also produce 95% of your serotonin hormone, which is your happy, you know, your happy hormone, but it also produces a lot of your gamma hormones, which is uh, your stress resilience hormone. So when you're actually, especially as a parent, this is even more important. So if you're dealing with stress all the time and your gut health is messed up, you are actually not going to be able to mentally handle it. Nope. And I'm pretty sure we can all say we've been there. We've all been there. Oh no. Oh, I mean, yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong for sure. But knowledge is power. When you know those yes. kind of things, you're a little yep. bit more, you're yep. a little bit more weary about what you're putting in your body. You're like, you can't unknow something. Exactly. You know? Exactly. One of my favorite phrases is when you know better, you do better. And you True. can- when you, you can put that into anything, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so, so true. That needs to be like hung up on everybody's wall. Literally. (laughs) Like Like, everybody's wall. Put it on my freaking forehead. forehead. (laughs) Just stamp it on there. Don't ignore it for too long though. People, I feel like people like learn something. They're like, oh, I'm going to put this in this drawer. I'm not not going to, I'm not going to face it. You have to actually do it. Right. You got to face it. Yes. Huge. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ashley, this was an amazing freaking episode. I think our listeners have so much to take away. And if they don't, I sure as heck do. I do too. (laughs) My notebook over here. I'm just just like scribbling the whole time. Plan on re-listening. Same. Content for days. I love it. It was was really, this is a really empowering conversation. I I feel like uh, someone will be blessed for sure. Yes, they will. And I truly don't know how I'm going to go to bed now because I, I'm hyped after this conversation, but thank you so, so much to all of our listeners. How can they reach you? How can they follow you? How can they find your podcast? Share us some deets. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can find the podcast, obviously, wherever you listen, stream the podcast, literally wherever, uh, it's the fuel her podcast and you can follow me on social at Ashley Allen. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-A-L-L-E-N. The triple A, it's a married thing. I wasn't, I wasn't super pumped with it, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm rolling with it. 
I'm rolling with the triple A. Uh, so a- Ashley Allen for sure. And um, listen to the podcast for some more, you know, just hustle your, your God way. And there'll be some more fun, like entrepreneurship things to come. And I'm excited about that. But you guys, seriously, I love your podcast. I'm so grateful for you guys having me. And you, your audience is literally like blowing up and I'm freaking obsessed with it. So I hope they got something from it. And from y'all. Girl, I cannot tell you what it means to me that you are here and listening to this show. I am so grateful for you. And I just want to say that if you did love it or if it tugged at your heart at all, please feel free to share this with your friends or better yet, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so I can personally shout you out and thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey, friend. Talk to you soon.